to this program that is designed with you in mind to cause you to be established in the word of God. I want to take you to our service today and get ready to be blessed even as we were blessed. Your life will never be the same. Now, today's episode. You want to put your hands together for Jesus? Oh, please, if that hand clap is for Jesus, you know how we do it. Amen. I will enter his gate with us giving in my heart. I will enter his court with praise. And I will sing. And I will sing, this is the day that the Lord has. I will rejoice. I will rejoice for he has made me sing. I will enter, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. That's all I need. 
Do I have a witness in the house? Yes. yes. That is all we need. With the power, with the presence, with the spirit of God. It is enough. Yes. What do you think? And there was a gentleman in the Bible who had all these three things. But yet he was still dying to know. And dying and looking for more. Yeah. And this gentleman is a man called Philip. He had Jesus with him. But one of the days he told Jesus, show us the father and we'll be okay. And Jesus said, Philip, I have been with you, and you still doesn't, you haven't, you don't know the Father, you've not seen the Father. And Jesus said something which is very intriguing when you read John chapter 14. Jesus said, Once you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yes. Once you have seen me, you, so, 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 John, uh, Philip had the power with him. The power that was healing. The power that, were, that, were, that was opening blind eyes was right beside him. And yet he was still looking for more. He had the presence. The, Jesus is God. And the presence of God was right there within him. And he was still dying for more. And lastly, he had the spirit. Amen. Yes. But Okay, so John chapter 14, verse number 9. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? Now let's go to probably seven, verse number seven. Let me show you something. Verse seven. Quickly. If you really knew me, you would know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Verse number eight. Now, this is Jesus saying that, well, now that if you know me well, you know my father. Then Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Do you understand enough? That's all they need. Once we can know the Father, it's, it's enough. Then Jesus said something in verse number 9 which is very shocking. Then Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Wait. Philip said, show us the Father. He didn't say, as for you, we know you. Two of us. As for you, we've seen you. But he said, show us the Father and that will be enough and Jesus said don't you know me Philip even after I have been among you such a long time I've been here and that has been the problem of the church we are not able to recognize we are not able to see 
I've been here all these while and you don't know me. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Is somebody with me? So how can you say, show me the Father? So that, that, that is the genesis of the song. Your power, your presence, your spirit, that is all. Can we say your power, your power, your presence, sing your spirit. Precious Jesus, I love you. Precious Jesus, sing I love you. Your power, your power, your presence, your Precious Jesus, Precious sing I love you. I love you. Precious Jesus, Precious Jesus, I love you. I love you. Your power, Your power, Your presence, Your presence, Your together for Jesus and let's be seated. Please, if you are doing it for Jesus, you know you can do it better than you are doing. Let's do it better for Jesus. Amen. Amen. It is such a joy being in the house of the Lord this morning. I want to believe you are going to enjoy the service throughout. Hallelujah. We are in our month of building a strong church. And today, I remember the other day I told you guys that there are basically two ways of building 
something into a strong thing. If you want to build a strong thing, there are basically two ways. Is somebody with me? Anything that is working on earth is basically influenced by two factors. And those two things are number one. Okay, so let me ask you a question. How do I become a good student? There are basically two things. How do I become a rich person or a prosperous person? There are basically two things. When I say basically, it means that when you narrow it down, you should meet these two things. Or any other thing that is coming out is coming from these two main things. Amen. How do I increase my finances? I can increase my finances by basically doing two things. Amen. And that is what God prescribed for tight payers. That is what God prescribed for tight payers. When you read Malachi, let me take you to Malachi chapter 3, verse number 10. I'm going to show you something. Verse number 10 and 11. When you read the scripture, you realize God asking us to pay our tithe. Is somebody here? God asking us to pay our tithe. Then he promises that he's going to do something for us. And what is he going to do? Number one, he said, I'm going to increase the blessings you already have. And number two, I am going to prevent the devourer. In other words, I'm going to prevent you from losing. Do you have, are you with me? So if I have 1,000 Ghana cities, and by the close of the week, I've lost 700 Ghana cities, I am not rich, two of us. As compared to somebody who had 500 Ghana cities, but, the, by the, but by the close of the day, he has lost only 50 cities. If somebody has 500 cities and he loses 50 cities, how much will be left? 450 Ghana cities, two of us. But if somebody has 1,000 Ghana cities and he loses 700 cities, how much will be left? 300. So the two of them, who is actually, who is, who is rich? Oh, I can't hear you. Okay. So the Bible says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And God allows himself to be tested for the first time throughout the whole Bible. Because the Bible says, that shall not put the Lord thy God to test. It is a sin when you test God. But in Malachi, when it comes to Titan, he allows himself to be tested. And he said, test me in this. Say yes, the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessings, you will not have room enough for it. So what is God doing? He is adding to the blessing we already have. Is it true or false? So that's one of the ways to increase. If you want to go forward, if you want to move forward, if you want to grow, if you want to expand, one of the ways is to allow, in accounting, we call something inflows and outflows. Is somebody with me? When we, when we talk of cash inflow and cash outflow, cash inflow is, the inflows are just looking at the manner by which money comes into an organization and also how it goes out of the organization. Irrespective of the size of the company, if the number of money going out is greater or more than the money coming in, the company is, is not working. It's, it, it will be operating in loss. That's what we call profit and loss. Profit and loss simply means you look at the, the, the income that is coming in and you compare it to the expenditure or expenses that you are making. If the expenses are more than the income, you are operating at a loss. That is it. And God is a very good accountant. I'm telling you. God is a very, very good accountant. He knows that if the, if the church is going to expand or if the business is going to expand, he must put in more. And 
prevent the manner by which you lose things. And that's the only way. And so he said, I'm going to pour down the floodgates of heaven. I'm going to open the floodgates of heaven and pour you much blessings so that you will not have room enough for it. Let's go. Then he said, then the second thing he's going to do, he said, I will prevent the pests from devouring your crops. So there is no point having more and losing more. When you are getting more and you are losing more, there is no need for it. And that is what the prophet Haggai tells us that we work and we go and put the money in a, a, a sack with holes or a bag of holes. You go out, sweat, gather the money and come and put the money into a bag with holes beneath it. What will happen? You lose everything. And so if we are going to build a strong church, there are basically two things we must do. Number one, we must do everything to add more people to the people we have. Yes. Let's do everything in our possible best to add in or bring in more people. And number two, let's limit the rate at which people leave the church. That's how we can build a strong church. What do you think? But aside these two, there are other factors which is very, very important for us to take note. Are you following me? There are factors which are very, very important for us to take note. And one of them is what I'm going to share with you today. And that is, today I'm talking about maintenance of the morale. Maintenance of the morale. Yeah. What is morale? When we talk about morale, what are we talking about? When somebody say, maintain your morale. M- morale has to do with confidence, interest, enthusiasm. Morale is, according to a guy called Barry, he said morale is the sum of all the inputs. Is the bringing together of all the inputs to make or to give somebody a sound and a positive mind. Even in the face of adversary or challenges. What is the guy saying? He's saying that Morale is bringing together everything you can bring together to give somebody a positive mind. Even when there is problem. And I'm telling you, wars are not won because of sophisticated um, weapons, but rather morale. It takes somebody with a very high confidence and high morale to win things. Anybody who is demoralized will not succeed in this life. I'm telling you. And one of the things the devil is seeking to do in this church is to demoralize us and cause us to be discouraged. Once you can lose your courage, everything is gone. That is why anytime God appears to people, one of the first phrases he will use is do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. In the King James, he will say fear not. Fear not. Don't be afraid. And when you read the Bible, you will come across this thing 365 times. And how many days do we have within the year? 365 days. So it means that every blessed day when you wake up, you should take one tablet. Once a day. Do not be afraid. Fear not. Do not be afraid. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. I am telling you irrespective of what you carry 
when you allow the spirit of fear to take over your life, you are going down. That is why it is said that one of the best coaches in the whole world are coaches of boxers. When they are in the ring. You see, even a layman will know that Charlie, they are beating you. But when they come back, they return to their coach, their coach say, you are winning. You are winning. Then you do it. Yes, you are winning. You are winning the fight. You are winning the fight. Then he will, will take his hand. Like this. But meanwhile, the guy has been beaten and his eye is swollen. But the coach tells him, you are winning. And the guy moves back to the ring and he knows he's winning. Hey. Why? Why do they do that? Because they know that until the bell is rung and the final um, round, uh, lap is, is over, the game is not over. Anything can change. You may be winning now, but I can come back. Is somebody with me? So a failure is somebody who throws in the towel and he goes back. I can't do that anymore. Me, I'm tired. And, and you see, there is, we call it an idiomatic expression. When you throw in the towel, it means you've given up. And the greatest failure on earth is somebody who gives up. I'm telling you, in the face of challenges, today you are, you are struggling. There is no money. And you are giving up already. You've given up on your morals. Now you, you are no longer a, a godly and a righteous person anymore. As for challenges and problems, they will always be with us. So if you are praying to go out of one challenge you are facing now, it is just a graduation to another. And I'm telling you, the higher you go, the more your problems. When I was a young guy, I never thought of paying school fees. <laughs> you don't understand. Yes. I never thought. I never thought. I used to think that those who are married are enjoying. Yes. But you see, if you are a lay person, you'll be easily tempted to think that married couples are, are enjoying. Bajale, Bajidi, I'm telling you, take your time. Take your time. Take your time. Because there is more to what you are seeing than you know. When you are behind something, you think it's very easy. Until you are given a ride. Say, hey, this thing is hard though. One day, when our ex-president Kofor was in power, our late president Atamos, after 100 days, was asked, was interviewed and was asked, um, Mr. Mills, what do you make of President Kufour 100 days in, in power? Then President Mills said, he's not doing well at all. Ah, he's not doing well. Look at even his decision on this thing. He's not supposed to do it that way. He said the whole lot. God, to God be the glory. After that election, he won. And he came to power. When he came, he did exactly what Kufour did, which he spoke about. And after 100 days, he was asked, Mr. Mr. Mills, when President Mills, when you were in opposition, you said President Kofor did this and did that and did that. Now you are also doing the same thing. What do you have to say? He said, eh, my brother, when you are behind that thing, it's different. <laughs> and when you are in it, different the way you see it. He said, at first I was outside the governance and I didn't know what was in it. But now I understand that there is no better way to do it than the way President Kofor did it. Yes. Yes. 
Is somebody here with me? Remember. Don't, don't, you see, that, that's why sometimes when you see somebody preach, oh, this guy, he doesn't know how to preach. Come, come for the microphone. Uh, please come. Come and try. I'm telling you. Come and try. And you sit, you sit back and you see somebody, especially those of you who are football fans. You can play. Some of you are very good with, uh, when it comes to football, with your mouth. Masa, teno, teno. Oh, oh, masa, madena, we are no. No, no, John Boy, John Boy should go out. John Boy, oh. Hey. Very, very good. And they, they, know, they know the formation. Even women, they should play 4 4 2. This one should be 4 4 2, not 4 3 1. Eh? No, 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 no. You should play one top, one top. Oh, coach, wait. Oh, I can see a player is not good. But when you are given the mandate to handle Afiaman 11. Not Black Stars or Afiaman 11. That is when we see the real you. Is somebody with me? Anytime you want to criticize the government, fix the country, have you fixed your house? Have you fixed your house? There are mosquitoes, mouse, and other cockroaches in your house. Have you fixed it? And you are saying they should fix the country. The country is not working. As you are seated here, just re- rewind your mind back to the house. Picture how your house looks, looks now as you are in church. How does it look? Where is the dress you wore before wearing this one? Where is it? Some of you, yours is on the floor. You know, your, your, your towel, your towel is, is on your fridge. You've hung the towel on the fridge. And so before you begin to criticize others, consider yourself first. I'm telling you. Because you may be a worse kind of leader. That is why Jesus said, always try to remove the beam in your eyes before you can see the sawdust or the specks in your friend's eyes. Do you know a beam and do you know a sawdust? Do you know a beam? You see, when that big tree over there, when we cut it into pieces like this, when we cut it, it becomes a beam. And Jesus said, what is in your eyes is a beam. But you see, after the, the tree has been cut, you see the dust, the sawdust over there. When you go to the sawmill, you see that. And Jesus said, that is what is in your friend's eye. In other words, the ratio of what is in your eyes compared to what is in your friend's eye is 100 is to 1. But Jesus says, remove, make sure, if you can, if you can see clearly, make sure you remove the beam in your eyes. It is very important for us to understand this. That is why I am pleading with each and every one of us not to criticize. So I am saying that it is left for you and I to make sure we build our morale by not criticizing others. I'm telling you. When you think somebody's not doing something right, pray for the person. Pray for the person. Don't talk. Don't talk. That is why a man by name um, Farrakhan, David Farrakhan said something. He said, when you see men fall, don't laugh, learn. You are unwise when you see people fall and you laugh. Somebody with me? Yes, I'm telling you. So it is very important for us to build our morale if we are going to move forward as a church. If we are really going to move forward, let me, let, let's read something from the book of Jeremiah chapter 38. Let's read verse number 1 to 4. 
probably, I would prefer the NLT version. If you don't have it, let me know. NLT. Morale. Morale. Is somebody with me? We must get to the point where we believe. You see, morale is what we call self-confidence. Now, in Jeremiah chapter 38, let me give you the background of this story. The children of Israel have been rebelling against God. They've been sinning and backsliding. And God has sent them prophet upon prophets to go and warn them. The prophets go, for some of the prophets, they are beaten and they are killed. For others, whatever. And God raised a young boy by name Jeremiah. And he told him, I've put my words in your mouth. I'm sending you as a prophet to the nations. Go out there and proclaim my word to them. Follow me. So Jeremiah goes out for the first time, tries to talk to the people, and he's being opposed sharply. And he comes back to God and says, God, I can't do this. And God says, Share, you went to the village and they are beating you, you are, you are crying. I'm taking you to the nation, and <laughs> your first start is a village and you are crying already. He said, I'm going to make your words what? Fire. And I'm going to make the people firewood to consume them. And so in Jeremiah 38, this prophet has been warning them that this is what is going to happen to this nation. The nation will be destroyed. If like, let's bet. And they didn't like what he was saying. Let, let's get it. What's their first name? Shephatiah. So, so now, Shephatiah, the son of Mathan, Gedaliah, son of Pasha, <laughs> Jehukal, the son of Selemiah, and Pasha, the son of Makilja, or Makija heard what Jeremiah had been telling the people. He had been saying, mm-hmm. so what is Jeremiah saying? This is what the Lord says. Everyone who stays in Jerusalem will die from the war. Famine, all disease. But those who surrender to the Babylonians will live. Their reward will be life and will live. They will live. Listen, what is the prophecy? The prophet is saying that, listen, I am speaking the word of the Lord to you. This city, Jerusalem, is going to be destroyed. And how is it going to happen? There is, there is coming a king who is called King Nebuchadnezzar. This prophet prophesied about Nebuchadnezzar before he came. And that was why the only person who survived was Jeremiah. This day. I'm telling you. When you read the story, before the children of Israel were taken to Babylon, the prophet Jeremiah has been prophesying about his coming. That there's coming a king. God is going to use him to punish you. And this king is the Babylonian king. And he said, when they enter the city, people will die from the war. There will be famine, there will be diseases. You know, famine and war probably leads to diseases. But he said, those who surrender to the Babylonians will live. And their reward will be life. So the only thing you have is, is your life. You don't even have a cloth. The only gift you have will be life. Now what happened? Let's read on. What, what happened? The Lord also says, the city of Jerusalem will certainly be handed over to the army of the king of Babylon. Who will capture it? Now these are the things the king is saying. Let's read on. So, these officials went to the king and said to him, Sir, this man must die. Why? That kind of talk will undermine the what? The morale. The kind of talk the guy is putting out 
will undermine what? The morale of the few fighting men who we have left. As well as that of all the people. This man is a traitor. Listen to what the officials are saying. They went to King Hezekiah and they told him, listen, the worst that guy who calls himself a prophet is putting out is dangerous. The things he's saying is dangerous. Why is it dangerous? Because it will undermine the morale. It will reduce the morale. So one of the ways by which people's morals are being reduced is what? Through and what? An evil talk. Yes. Evil talk. But the prophet's talk is not an evil talk. This is what God told him. Let's, let's look at what they did to him. Quickly. King Hezekiah agreed. All right, he said. Do as you like. I can't stop you. Let's read on. So the officials took Jeremiah from the cell. So where was he? He was in prison. They took him from the cell and lowered him by the rope into an empty system in the prison yard. Do you know a system? An unused well. A well which has dried up. They've dug a well. And the well has dried up and they dumped him in it. This is the price you pay for speaking for God. And a lot of you as I'm talking to you, the devil has you as one of his top priority. And his assignment is to destroy you because you have declared your stand for the Lord. Because you are part of the reason why the kingdom of God is expanding. And you think the devil is going to play with you? You think the devil is going to entertain you? You don't know. And he's coming at full force for your morale. One of the things he wants to do is to demoralize you. Make sure you lose their confidence. When you hear about God, you curse him. I'm telling you. Those of you who have watched this movie, God is Not Dead. It's a movie about a professor whose mother was sick and dying. And this woman has been taking this boy to church right from his infancy. And this woman was dying and the guy prayed, God, please, that's oh, my mother, please. Save her, save her. And the woman died. When the woman died, the professor cursed that day when he became a, 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 a Christian. And he said, God is dead. There is no God. So when he comes to the class, instead of teaching, he begins to condemn God and insult God. One of the days, one of his students said, no, I will not allow this to continue. I'll prove it to this man that God is not dead. God is not dead. When, see, when the devil can grab your morale, when the devil can eliminate the morale, the confidence, the enthusiasm, the interest, and the zeal you have, he's done with you. He's done with you. Do you know people who used to be very passionate about the things of God, but now? And you see, one of the ways the devil is going to do that is by feeding your mind with evil thoughts. I'm telling you. That is why you must be on your guard in this church. Have you heard? Have you heard rumors? Yes, it is. It will not help. The only thing it will do is to demoralize you. And you realize that the kind of love and passion you used to have for God is no more. I'm telling you. Now, the second thing the devil will do is to use your fellow believers to attack you. And to cause you to lose your morale. You used to be in the, in the choir. You used to sing. Somebody said something you didn't like. Now, you've stayed back. I want to be a church member than to work for God. You think working for God is easy? Do you think it's easy? Is somebody with me? 
It has never been easy working for God. Anyone who wants to follow him must take up their cross. Do you think that the cross is chupa chops? Or it is cotton ice cream? Mercy. You must take up your cross. There is a cross you must carry. There is a price you must pay. If you want to serve God. I am telling you, it will not come on a silver platter. Nothing has been easy in this world. The righteous will always be persecuted. Jesus promised us. Yes. You will always be persecuted. The Bible tells us that many are the afflictions of the righteous. It is many. It is not few. It is many. Many are the afflictions. Many. 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 But I like what the Bible went on to say. That, but the Lord delivers him from them all. The Lord. I see the Lord bringing deliverance to you. I'm telling you. And if you're not careful in the face of adversity, in the face of problems and challenges, you would want to stay away. The guy said he wants to marry you. You took him to your mother. Your mother said he will not agree. And because of that, he should go. You are not serious. You've given up. One, one daughter of mine. A guy, a guy met her. Wanting to marry her. He took the, the guy to his parents' house. His father accepted. His mother accepted. Then he took the, the, the guy to their pastor. The pastor said he would not allow. Then you got me, Pastor. You have said everything I can say. And he said, You know, allow. Yeah, I said, What are you going to do? I don't have anything to do. You think all those who get the title, when, when you see Azuma Nelson with a belt, do you know the blows he has taken in the agreement? You don't know. Yes. And you see. There are some boxers, they are even bleeding, but they are lifted up their title. Boxers need to be to a monsoon, no more on my basketball. You see blood all over, and they'll do like this. Nothing will be given to you on a silver platter. If you think a husband will be brought to you, you are deceiving yourself. Since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffered violence, and it is only the violent who take it by heart. By what? By, by what? By force. Be there. I'm not a pastor. I'll become a pastor by force. Hey. Be there. By force. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Yes. You be there. Who that now? Eh, pastor. Eh, I'm sorry. Eh, man, they don't know. I love him, but his mother said you know. I agree. I don't know what to do. I've decided to move on. You've decided to what? Go back and fight. Where, where are you going? Go back and fight. Don't bring yourself. The lady called me. Hey, Pastor. The, 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 the man is a woman father. So the father said, he will not allow. 
only allow me to marry the guy on one condition. The guy must be a Catholic. Yes, if the guy wants to marry me, he must come to, he must join the Roman church, go for catechism, and be baptized whatever and he should be a Catholic for not less than two years and the guy said pastor I'm already in my 30s so if I should add two years to my age and I asked the lady so what do you think I've said everything I told you. Call your mother. Call your father. And tell them I don't like what you are doing. Don't, don't force my hand to rebel. Don't force my hand. I like you. You are my parents. Don't force my hand. Let them know you are serious. That's I will see. I will see. I said, Are you afraid of your father? I said, Yes. I said, then stay. You will not marry. I prophesy to you. No guy will marry you. He said, hey, pastor, are you cursing me? I said, no, I'm, I'm not cursing you. What you like? Something which belongs to you. You are there. You folded your arms. You think somebody will bring it to you? Nobody will give me church members. I'll go for them. Nobody will give me. Church members are not giving you. God doesn't give members. God doesn't give money. People go for money. So you be there and say, I lift up my eyes. Eh? I will lift up my eyes to the hills from when come at my head. My help. And if the person is a typical guy, you will my help that Ajay, you will not help on my knee and my knee. Uh, baby, you could be crying. My help, my help, my help, all of my help. Come and And God is looking at you. And God is saying, my daughter, what help do you need from me again? I have given you every spiritual blessing. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. You find it there. The Bible said, God has given us every spiritual blessing. What you need to make your marriage work, God has given it to you. The rest is for you to dress. Wear some hot sneaker in the room. What's and change your bookings. Now what's the sound, Auntie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> when your husband is watching television, <laughs> and you just go and it's <laughs> like if the television is here, you do something like this. <laughs> and your husband say, "Hey, hey, hey, hey!" By the time you realize, ram. Good husbands are made. They are not born. Nobody is born a good person. As for men, we all like women. Is it true? Men, we we all don't come and tell pastor my my husband my husband likes women. I also have the same disease. 
I also have it. We all have it. Don't bring me your problem. You can, you can make your husband a good man. You can make your wife a good woman. Good women and good men are made. They are not born. You just don't know the other side of him. That's why you think he's a good man. Wait, after two years, what happened to the good man? Whatever you want, you go for it. But the devil discourages you. And makes you feel that this woman is a disaster in your life. And so the best way to solve the problem is run away. Then you go and look for a lawyer. I can't marry you. No. Come for your ring. Come for your ring. Then sometimes, if the man is knowing that, they'll write a letter. Uh, Kojo Papa, I'm tired. I can't continue all this anymore. Bye bye. And they will add the note don't look for me. Don't try looking for me. They are going. Yes. And that is what a lot of us are. And that is what we are becoming. We think God will bring us. Have you found the scripture? You see, and praise God. Change, change this version. Yes. Take me to King James. I like the King James version. Let me show you something. Ephesians 1 3. Look at it. Look at it. Quickly, quickly. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us with what? All spiritual blessings. Where? Where? In heavenly places in Christ. Ah, what did so is God now going to bless us with blessings he has already blessed us with all all spiritual but this is the problem the blessings are in the spiritual realm and you must drag it and make it manifest in the physical that's how our work has been that's why we pray that's why we come to church we try to remove or draw the, the spiritual blessings into manifestation. So God will not give me members. God will not build a house for me. God never gave us chairs. The only thing he gave us was a tree. Is it true? God never gave Adam chairs. He didn't give Adam tables. He gave him a tree. And he sat back and he said, ah, well, what you do with it? You can cut the branch and sleep on it. That's your own problem. You can climb and sleep in the branches. That's your home. I don't care. What you do with it is your problem. Genesis chapter 2 verse 9. What is there? Quickly, let me show you something. So if you think God is going to do things for you, my brother, you are too late in this world. The marriage that is not working, you can make it work. The business that is collapsing, brother, you can easily make it work. And one of the ways is what I'm talking about. Build your confidence. It will work. This business is working. It will never collapse. It will work. It will work. Look at it. Then the Bible says, out of the ground, God made whatever, whatever the trees to grow. And whatever, whatever, whatever. Let's go to verse 10. Sure, let me show you something. Quickly. And a river out of Eden, whatever, whatever. Let's move on. 
Okay, let's go to verse 19 of this scripture. So that we can Let me show you something. So it was talking about how God made the trees. God made that. God made this. Then in verse number 19. Verse 19. The Bible says, and out of the ground, follow this. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field. Every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see, to see, to see, to what? To see, to see what he would call them. Look at you, God created the birds of the skies and the animals that creeps on the surface. And God carried those animals and brought them to Adam. And he stood back to see what Adam would call those animals. And the Bible said, and whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Let me ask you a question. Who called a good who gave the name Eagle to Eagle? Who? Who? Adam. Adam? What of sheep? Adam. And God now came back and started using a name that Adam gave. And he said, I am the good shepherd. And you are my sheep. You are my sheep. But, but who gave the name sheep? Adam. Adam. So if you are, see, if you are expecting that the thing God brought you, He would help you work it, name it, change it. You, it is a lie. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And the same applies to this church. This is the church God has given us. It is our church. Whatever we want the church to be called, that is what we must name it. Very soon, you hear me on radio, you see me on television. Oh, yes, I'm going international. I'm going international. I'm a local preacher. What do you think? Yes. This is an international message. Yes. No, no, how can you be a local member? Oh, never. I refuse it in Jesus' name. I refuse it. Yes. Mm. Anybody who enters this house is an international member. If you are not, by the time you, you sit down, you become... So we must together help name the church. What name are we going to give the church? There are some of the churches when you hear the name. Four one nine. Two of us in Ghana. In Ghana. When you hear so, this is a pastor. This is a church. But they are known for lotto numbers. And God said, ah, well, that's the name you've chosen. I don't have anything to say. I don't have anything to say. That is why you and I must help build the brand of this church. I'm letting three more minutes to go. We must build the brand of this church. In the second service, I'll continue. I'll take you deep. This one is just introduction. Is somebody with me? So whatever you and I want to see, we must make it happen. What, what kind of church and what caliber of church do we want to have? 
an international church. International. Then we must begin to dress as international people. Nobody will wear chalote to an international conference. Is somebody with me? We must begin to appear international. Is somebody with me? Oh, become a home. Yes. Eh, so we thank God. We thank God. It's a blessing. Very soon I'll be preaching, and when, when I say God is going to bless you, then you hear somebody from China. Then another person from Haiti. Then then from India. Then three. I'm telling you. Is it happening? It's happening. It's happening. That is why you must not allow anybody to tell you that hey, this church is not going anywhere. Don't bring yourself. Yes. We must be proud of this church. This is my church. And this is my pastor. Bishop Adunasari is my, is my head pastor. I love him. I like him and I like everything about him. Listen, until we begin to fight for what we have. It will be taken from you. It will be taken. You, you, you see that this throne is my power. By the time you realize Adonijah, is coming to say David, David called his elders and told them, Listen, when I die, David friend Solomon will be king after me. Because that is what God told me. And they all agreed, yes, yes. yes when he became old and became bedridden. His firstborn. Adonijah. Adonijah was Absalom's brother. Absalom had died because of his rebellion against his father. And his brother, Adonijah, also stood up and organized some of the officials. And he took them outside the city. And they held the meeting and they said, we are going back to the palace with full force. Then the, he said that when I sit on the throne, you put the crown on my head okay, and make the whole Israel shout, Hail the king of Israel. And from there, we'll put you, say, when we are going, we'll put you on the king's mole. We'll put you on it. For everybody to know that Adonijah is the new king. Whilst they were having the meeting, a prophet by name Nathan went to Solomon's mother and told her, Bathsheba, you are eating banku and okro soup. You don't know what is happening. Your son's throne is being taken yeah, by his elder brother. And you know what he told him? He said, Move quickly and go to the king. You go, I will not go for you. you go go to the king. And as you go to the king, tell the king, My lord, the king, did you not say that in your absence, my son Solomon will be king? Then why is it that Adonijah is taking the throne? Then he told him, The king doesn't know anything about it. But whilst you are speaking with the king, I will come and confirm. This is the work of a pastor. The pastor is to alert you of an impending danger. Warn you, warn you. Then when he 
warns you about an impending danger. The responsibility lies with you. Stand up and take things into your hands. And whilst you are dealing with it, the pastor will come and confirm and support you. So the Bible says quickly. Um, Bathsheba went to the king David. And he told him, King, did you not say this and that and that? Why is Adonijah trying to take the throne? Then the king said, It's not true. Adonijah cannot take the throne. He said, The king is true. And I'm sure the king will argue, No, no, Adonijah, he can't, he can't be king. I've told all my officials. Nobody will even support him. Then, whilst he was talking, the prophet ended. And he said, My lord, the king. What she's saying is true. As I'm talking to you, the meeting is still ongoing. Do you know what David said? David said, help me get up. Help me. And they held him. He said, take me to the throne. Take me to the throne. Why is Solomon? Solomon, come. He said, daddy, I have no bath. I said, come. Come. Where is the prophet? Come. Where is Bathsheba? Come. Come. Put him on the throne. Put him on the throne. Then David took the crown. And David he said, from today, in the name of the God of Israel, I am going to kill over Israel. Receive it. And they put the crown on Solomon. By the time Adonijah and the squad got there, somebody was on the throne. Do you know what happened? Everybody scattered. Including Adonijah. Let me ask you a question. What do you think would have happened to this throne? If Adonijah had sat on it. What do you think? What do you think would have become of this gentleman? Disaster. Disaster. <laughs> the first thing he would do to this guy is to kill him. I, I am telling you. He can't tell the first thing people who take over thrones do is to eliminate their possible threats. Has, has God said he will be king? Oh, has God said he will be king? Why didn't God intervene when they were having the meeting? God will never. That is why to date you are going through a lot of issues and he's still looking at you. That is why you, you don't know what to do. You are confused and he's still there looking at you. And it's like he has not taken the problem away and he's looking at you. If you invite him, he will come. If you don't invite him, he will come. Thank you. Stay here. Sit. Somebody with me. And so God will give you no narrow, no narrow. God is not going to give you anything. All the things you need, you must go for it. Do you, you need a good husband? Go for a husband. Pastor, nobody has proposed to you. Nobody will propose to you. When I see women who are waiting to be proposed to, I laugh. I laugh. What did Ruth do? Root or yede. What did root do? Root or yede. Naomi told root, bath. Naomi got and said, Jare. Bath. Jare. So if you've not bath, you want to get You don't know. <laughs> yes. Listen. See. He said, bath. I see Jare. Then he, she bathed. No, Jare. He said, dress. I see. see, and see perfume you. yourself. Now for a drink. Some of you know a perfume. Yeah, it be any the perfume you use is the Zamrama one, that <laughs> spray. 
It smells. So the guy wants to approach you. He hears the thing. Do you know what you just did? You just drove away a potential husband. And I pray for the wisdom of Ruth. For all the young girls in the house. Buff, look good, perfume their body. And the next thing is, go to where the men are. You are in your house, you dress, you make makeups, and you are sitting behind your mirror, thinking a guy will penetrate through the television and say, Hello, honey, hello, dear. Concert. Concert party. That is why when you dress like this young lady, stand. You must come to where the men are. Where are the men? Where are the men? In the church. In the church. The men are here. Is she beautiful? Yes. The first day, let me tell you something. Come. The first day this girl entered the church, you know, a guy did like this. He ran. So as she's standing here, her line is out of coverage area. Sit down. A guy has grabbed long ago. Yeah, our brand be at the yes. Yes. You see, you you are like a mortar. You're the farmer. Now I had a now why? You're the farmer better. A bem. A bem. After dressing, you are in your room. After dressing on. You are, your, you are looking for a husband. What's your That is why you must find yourself at places where good husbands, there are certain places you can find good husbands. You can't bath and go to the nightclub and think you find a good husband over there. That is why I always tell ladies when you are coming to church, dress. And some of you girls, you must thank God for this church. Because if not for the church, you don't have a guy. I can point not less than 15. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. The church has given you guys. Nobody proposed to you. Somebody here with me. That is how it works. Mr. Businessman. Nobody will bring you customers. You must go for them. You must taste them. You must brand yourself well. Have complimentary cards. You must have online advertisements. One day, one day, one of my, my friends at uh, Tema. He had a Volvo car. He had a Volvo car. Volvo car. And the car developed a fault. Now, how about we don't and or they said unless a Volvo specialist. We roamed all over Tema. No yeah, Volvo specialist. We called a car no Volvo specialist. Then I said, oh, let's go online and see if we can find. Then we just search Volvo specialist in Ghana. And he called online because you share Volvo specialist. Then all of a sudden, a guy's name popped up. Boom. I'm going to move on a brand to be in by. I said, hey. And I'm saying, hey. And his number. And then the number. Just took the number. Yeah, for a number. And we called. Yeah, friend. Oh, called. You said, hello. Yeah, friend. Because we took your number online. Yeah, for our number online. We are looking for a Volvo special. So, what is the problem? If you should be. Do you know what he said? We need your kind. He said, I want to come there. You need to send me fuel of, fuel of 200 cities. Mm-hmm. Fuel. 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 Come and check the fault for us. I made a best check. We sent you. Fuel. 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 When he came, he came with some machines. Some small machines. Then he connected it. 
and you do the scan, he said, okay, the problem is this. And we will not get some in Ghana unless we ship it. And the thing is 150 million. Which is 15,000 Ghana cities. You need to ship it. So we said, okay. Do you know what? So he, he said he would throw the car to his place. So he took another car and we followed him. And I got the greatest shock. The guy who was online, when we got to where his shop is, it was, it was a rented house. Somebody's house, the compound, and he has parked some, some three cars over there. There is no other car, and his tools are in his bedroom. The tools are in his bedroom. He went to the bedroom, brought out his, his two box and what have you. And he started working. Ask myself, the guy has used his head. The guy has used his head. In the corner, a remote place in Nungwa. An online marketing has drawn a customer from Tema to him in that pet. Your shop is situated right beside the, the, the nose of the main road. And nobody buys from you. The whole day will be from an apartment in 10 cities. That's what you sell. Why? Why? You are waiting for customers to come. Customers don't come. You go for them. Now, when you go to Facebook commercials, you have a Facebook account. You are posting your pictures. Facebook account. What do you pictures now? Yes. And sometimes they'll, they'll meet, they'll meet their friends and say, so I say cheese. cheese. And they'll, they'll post it and they'll write under it, this is the doing of the Lord. And God said, I've not done anything. You just post your picture and say, this is the hand of God. This is the doing of the Lord. Ah, God is good. I want to thank God. Thank God. Eh? And yet, you say you are a mechanic. You are an electrician. You are a seamstress. There is nothing on your Facebook page that shows that you are doing whatever. She knew Facebook where she said we Nothing. When you go to my Facebook page, it is flooded with my ministry staff. Yesterday I had a message from a, a lady called Lad. I think she's a Muslim. Lad is a Muslim. Uh, Bukhari Lad. Message. I said. Man of God, please, I need your prayers. I'm going through something and I really need your prayers. And I sent, I just typed some prayer and I sent it to her. And she replied, Thank you, man of God, I'm blessed. How did this girl, I don't know her. How did she know I'm a pastor? My Facebook. When you go there, everything about my ministry is there. Why are you using your Facebook for your uh, thanking God? <laughs> so you must go for you must go for what? Go for your customers. And if you are here, you are doing something. If you're a musician, I don't want to see a guy with a big head. Then you put the a, a, a hat, like the symbol of a hat on it. My love. Now tickets without you know I say my love. No, I say. Now they are too big. Hey, with status. My love. This thing. Sometimes I get shocked. And 
some people will put it there, they will put the picture and they write no comment. You've already commented. Even your no comment is a comment. No comment. And you see a young lady. Then they put there, no call. But meanwhile, you are a seamstress. You are a tailor. You are a plumber. And so for it, Nancy, a Duma Mao, a Duma so mother. A Duma Emma. Because you are not taking advantage of what God has given you. I'm telling you. Listen, this young lady, she's a seamstress. She sold the shirt. Nancy, I buy it. Stop. Palm shirt. Very, very good. Is it nice? Yes. She sold this shirt. On a palm shirt. Everything. Yeah. When my children were having their career day, she sold clerical for kids. When we went to the school, it was only my my my, my two children. As for them, they will be pastors. Kojo will be a bishop. A bishop. A bishop cum soldier. He will enter the army. He will do he will do like 10, 15 years and he will quit. I want him to have the military background. What it because what we are doing in church is the same as what they do over there. Every pastor is a soldier. I don't know. So he should go for the military education. My daughter will be a doctor. But she will be a reverend minister. Doctor. And when we went for the career day, go and see soldiers, five thousand, doctors, twenty thousand, lawyers, judges, over five thousand, pastors, two, pastors two, I saw for you, you The later I think some two guys also joined. Yeah, they were not even in clerical, they were in jackets. When the pastor took the plasma, he said, ah, anybody, pastor, anybody, pastor, anybody. Then I said, take my son. Then he carried Kodo. Put him here. And they put Carissa here. Clerical. The pastor said, wow. Come and see the fans. When we close, a woman came to me and my wife. He said, she doesn't know us. He said, God bless you. God bless you. My husband is a pastor. I told my husband we should, we should, we should put Karika on our son. He said, no, over his dead body. He said, that's what my husband told me. He said, he nearly turned to fight. He said, he would not allow his son to be a pastor. So he, she stopped. And they put a doctor's robe on him. And they brought him. So when he came and he saw that my children were in clerical, she came to congratulate me to say that God bless you. God bless you. How I wish my husband was here to see. How I wish my husband. Charlie, I will not let anything demoralize me. The problems I'm going through in ministry doesn't deter me from allowing my children to do ministry. You must change your mind. You must even get a pastor in your house. I'm telling you. When the president is dying, call Bishop Ajinasari. Call Ajinasari. When the corona came, who did they call? Minister of Finance. Minister of Education. Who did they call? Bishop Ajinasari. Minister Otabel. Danka Williams. Please come. You must pray. You must pray. 
It was the corona that made me know that not knowing Ghanaians, they believe in God. The president will say, God is with us. These two shall pass. We are calling on all the clergymen to pray for us. I say, huh? When a rich man dies, a pastor will say goodbye. When a poor person dies, a pastor will say goodbye. Irrespective of their money and what they have, they would always run back to pastors. I'm telling you, irrespective of their criticism, they still know that there is something unique about a man of God. They still believe that the men of God are the mouthpiece of God. One, one of our daughters, she was pregnant, she, she had delivered yesterday. Yesterday, her husband told me. When we close and we're going home, the husband told me that listen, the thing started early in the morning at five. And you could see the lady was struggling to like deliver. So they took her to the hospital. When they took her to the hospital, the thing was not coming. From 5 a.m. yesterday. Ah, she was there. The husband said, I was praying. I was praying. Yesterday I didn't eat. He said I prayed. Ah, she has two kids. We also prayed. They prayed from morning to evening. And the woman went unconscious. So she was just lying there. She was not responding to me. Then the doctor said that by 5:36 p.m. in the evening. When she came back to herself, they, they said the first thing she said was, Pastor, 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 Pastor. So the doctor ran to her husband and said, Who is your pastor? Please, your wife said, Pastor, Pastor. I was here. Those of you who were here yesterday, they were having a meeting over here. And the call came. And I said, Oh, excuse me. And I spoke to the man for the first time. And he said, Oh, my wife is giving birth. She said she would talk to me. It's okay, give the phone to her. When he said the doctors were attending to her, I said, Don't want to pray for her. So when she's free, call me. Then, like five minutes time, he called. I said, Give the phone to her. When she took the phone, she said, Pastor. I said, don't talk. Relax. Everything will be okay. Then I said, Lord, we will not accept this. We will not accept this. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I decree and I declare that this woman and the child is coming back home safe and sound. Yes, I told you people, we are not accepting no for an answer for this prayer. No. We just prayed. And I Two days she'll be okay. She said, okay. The husband called again. He said, Pastor, have you spoken to her? I said, yes. I said, Pastor, she's still there. I said, Brother, we have prayed. Relax. So I, I even make you, I made them stand and I said, We are praying for this woman that she will deliver. And she's coming home with her son. So we prayed. And I said that's all. Then I even told you that do you believe? And, I'm she, and, he said, yes. and I said that's it. 
two minutes later. Pastor. Pastor. A bouncing baby boy. And the woman is now okay. Men of God are important too. When she was dying, she said, What? She didn't say, My husband. My husband. You never said? And some of you, when you are My! That is why I am telling you, listen. Let's build the morale of this church. Can we all do it? Let's stand to our feet. And let's put our hands together together for Jesus. Let's put our hands together. Have you been blessed today? We hope you've been blessed by this message. For further information on Reverend Amos Darko's tapes and books, please send us a mail at rev.amosdarko at gmail.com or call plus 233-503-861-399. Thank you for your time and God bless you.